God and serving others and honoring God in all we do and say. God's word, the most important thing, we need to preach it, we need to teach it, and we need to live it. About us, you know, I've had people over the years ask me, what kind of church is Amron Road Baptist Church? And I'm always thankful to tell them that uh, our goal is to be just like the first church. We believe the same truths that the first church believed. We practice and preach on things that a lot of churches don't anymore. But most of all, we need to be a church with a stand. God said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, Notice here, God said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, he told us to put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When we think about that, if we do, if we'll put on the whole armor of God, because without the armor of God, we're not going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're going to see in the next few years, or maybe this coming year, the government is going to come down on local churches. And one thing that would put local churches out of commission is if the government, government some way passed a law that we've got to pay taxes on the property. Uh, some of the small churches that have been blessed with a large building, they kept it up, they pay insurance on it, but there's no way they could pay taxes, taxes on a property that was worth two Two and a half million dollars. And there's uh, talk about that. We hope it remains as talk. But the Emory Baptist Church is, uh, I believe, an old-fashioned church. Believe in God's house to be a place of worship and praise to the Lord. I like just singing, and we got people in this audience this morning that can sing because I've heard them sing that hadn't sung for a long time and uh, I miss that but uh, God has given you the ability to serve in whatever way he has given you that's how he expects you to use the talents that he's given you you know as uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. Peter talks about, For as much as he knows that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers. 
I like to think that the Amarillo Baptist Church believes the same thing, tried to practice to the best of our ability what the First Baptist Church practiced. If we don't, it certainly is our goal, and if we start, we will see the Lord bless us. But I believe Amarillo Road Baptist Church is a fundamental church contending for the faith. You know, when we look at Proverbs uh, 23.10 and a number of other scriptures that we can look at, that you can see how important that is, how important it is as we look back on the first church that Jesus built to make sure that we're following the tradition but following the truth that they followed, that they practiced. And God said in Proverbs 23 and verse 10, he gives us a short verse here in Proverbs 23 and verse 10 where he said, Remove not the old landmarks and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. We need to look at, and you can got a King James Bible, you can look up and study what the first church believed and practiced. And we are to be believing and practicing as close to that as we possibly can. What about Ammon Road Baptist Church? We're a Bible-believing church. I accept the Scriptures as they are. God tells us you know, that uh, we are a Bible-believing church. If we are a Bible-believing church and we need to have our Sunday school, we need to have our preaching service, everything surrounded, soaked in the Word of God so that we can tell you, follow along and see that what I'm preaching is not my opinion, but it's God's Word opinion. And we take Second Timothy, we take Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. Second Timothy three and verse sixteen, when he said, "All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." When we preach the whole Bible, it is given to you so that you can be more like Him. But so many things are is a we can't preach because we if we spend too long on a certain verse that has a precious proof, we see people close their Bible, we see people that you know hey, you already know I don't believe that and I'm not gonna do it. Then don't ask why you're having the problems you're having or because you're sick, because Everything in this word of God that God puts out, we need to the best of our ability to practice it. I know things are rough at times, loneliness at times, but you can find comfort. You can get digging into the word of God, and you don't need a whole library. 
All you need is a good dictionary and a good concordance. Matthew Henry, he's a Presbyterian, but that's the best, best concordance that I think there is. I've got three or four. I very seldom ever use any except I go back to Matthew Henry. And his belief and his writing is, it does it in a way that you can see it's exactly what God's Word is teaching. And that's what we want. But, you know, uh, if the only Bible study, the only reading, the only praying you do while you're in church, no wonder we're having problems. That's not enough. That's not enough. And a fundamental church, you know, uh, accepting the 1611 King James Bible is our final authority. If it's not in the Bible, we don't believe it. It's not in the Bible, we don't practice it. If it's in the Bible, we practice it. You know, well, I don't see that. I don't, I don't agree with that. It's not a matter whether you agree. Can you see that what is being read to you is from God's Word? It is the inspired Word of God. Timothy didn't write down what he wanted. He wrote down as the Spirit led him. Amen. When you get that attitude... The Bible becomes easier to believe because God is talking to you. Timothy is not talking to you. God is. Amen. It's a pre-millennial church. You don't know it, but you know, I've got about six sermons prepared. And it's hard to preach in a series because we don't have the same people here all time, but you know, some of the men that I love greatly, I could name them. You know, they believe that in the mid trib that we're going through the first three and a half years. The Bible doesn't teach that to me. You know, God has not appointed his children to wrath. How many times does God have to say something to make it true? You know, and some of them preachers I love, I really do, I respect. Because other than a few things that we see different, you know, I love them. I believe God's called them to preach. But, you know, the church is not going through the tribulation. Don't have to know any scripture but Revelation chapter 4 when you don't see the church no more. Because the church has already been raptured. From that point, you know, it talks about the tribulation and all, all this things is going to take place. How terrible it is. But you never, never can find in the Word of God where that church is mentioned anymore. You know why? Because the church has been taken out. He has not appointed his church to wrath. So, we are a pre-millennia. I believe that God is going to come and get me, and I hope you believe that because I would hate to look down and see y'all going through the, the tribulation. But I'm not. God is going to take me out of here, and I praise his holy name for that because that's what he said he was going to do. 
So we believe that. We preach that. We do everything we can to try to get people to see that. You know, a pre-millennial church. Uh, let's look at, at Titus. Yeah. I don't know. Titus is in the New Testament, right? Yeah, it's, it's in here. But <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one. If I ask poor me, it's all I'm saying. But we have a difficulty sometimes in finding a certain chapter or a certain verse or, or something. But when we find it and we see that not only are we a Bible-believing church, we believe in the 1611. If you found pre, uh, a Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, preaching that blessed hope, what hope would it be if when things is ended that we're going through the same thing that lost people are going through? And that's what I've told the, the three men who wants to debate me. Uh, I've wasted, I wasted four hours uh, debating Church of Christ. And that's all it was. It was wasted time. But we need, we need to realize that God has not appointed his church, nor has he appointed his people, to wrath. And we see that in, in the word of God. Now in, in Titus in chapter 2 and verse 13 then he said looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity Purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. I'm going to believe that I'm not going through the tribulation, not the first three and a half years, not the seven years. God has not appointed his children to wrath. Will things get bad before he comes back? Look around you. It's already getting bad. You know, I was talking to a lady, you know, yesterday, and she said, I understand you're going to Alabama. Are you going to drive all the way? I said, no, I'm too old to drive all the way. So I'll drive to Bowling Green. I'll give me a room. She said, preacher, you know that Bowling Green is number one for violence in the state of Kentucky? I said, well, maybe I'll sleep in my car. God's going to protect me in Bowling Green as he does over on the lake. He expects me to use caution. He expects me to do the things I know to do. But I'm not going to Walmart because... There was a shooting in Walmart down in Arkansas. And there's a shooting somewhere everywhere. But God to save my soul can protect my body. 
We are a missionary church. If I'm disappointed in anything in Amber Road Baptist Church, is it seems to be a lack of excitement about missions. And all we got to do is when we walk in the building or when we walk out the building, we look at mission funds. You know what this pastor has asked for? 25 cents a day. Dollar and 75 cents a week. Well, I can stop drinking L8 and give that. You know, you, know, you ever bought a case of L8? You know, I can go through three, four of them a day. Which is more important? I'm just showing you how simple things does will be if you look at it in a certain way. We do what's important to us. We are a victorious church proclaiming victory in Jesus Christ. There's no victory in me. Yes, I believe that a preacher has got to lead. A preacher has set the example. I believe that. I will stand before God if I haven't. But when we look at the word of God and we see what God has, has done for us and we look at 1 John uh, chapter 5 and verse 4, God said, For whosoever is born of God overcome the world, and this is the victory that overcome the world even our faith. Our faith. What we believe. We, you know, my youngest daughter put little little precious Dolly, you know, you know who Dolly is, Caroline, you know, carry her off to a preschool, under school. She's been going to school since she's three years old, you know. Do I agree with that? Absolutely not. But I'm not her parent, you know. But don't you think that my number one concern for Caroline is that she grows up being exposed to the real church? the real preaching, the real teaching. But you look at her, you're around her, man, that's a well-rounded little kid. She's got so much talent. She's got more talent in her little thumb than I do in my whole body. I mean, there's nothing that kid can't do. She thinks she's 17. You know, her hero is... Dolly Parton? But she needs Christ every day. She needs to be exposed to Christ. It is a loving church where you can feel the love of Christ. I've, I've said this time and time again, and 
uh, some of you that's been here a while, you know, about as long as I, I have, you will remember how, how important, what we do, how we act in church, what is important to us becomes very evident in when we were down on 2nd Street and uh, the young people was uh, Linda and Ray and Daniel and, and Johnny and, you know, and you know where all of those young people sit? Right up on the front row. Did you ask them to? No. Did they know you wanted them there? Well, I bragged on them. I said, you know, you don't go in a church and have all your young people on the front seat. So they're apt to hear on the first seat is a lot better than the seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth seat. That's just facts. You can argue with them, say it's not important. But usually people that disagree with me on that, they're usually uh, wrong on a few other things, but we won't get into that this morning. We've got to expose our children to the Word of God. We ought to have a teacher prepared in case there's a child come in. You ought to be already ready. Are you prepared to teach? I come prepared every Sunday, Pastor. See, that's, we're showing when we do that what's important to us. That's the mission. That's my mission. I hope it's your mission as well that if we will realize that God will use us if we'll make ourselves usable. Did you get that? But he's not going to take a vessel that is not prepared and send them out into the field. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17 it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye be rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth and height and to know the love of Christ with passive all knowledge that he might be filled with all the fullness of the Lord. When you take Ephesians 3 and just apply verse 17, 18, and 19 to your life, you'll see a difference. But that's what the church's mission statement is. If we're going to be a victorious church, according to 1 John 5, 4, we're proclaiming victory in Jesus. We got to understand, and I hopefully that our church does, and you know that there can be no victory without Christians living as as they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Well. 
what does First John, you know, tell us? You know, we're victorious, proclaiming victory in Jesus. That's where that's where our victory is at. It's not in programs. It's not in plans. It's not in any certain people. It is. It's in the fact that we love the Lord, and it is expressed in our life. It is expressed in giving, and I'm not talking about necessarily money. When I give myself to God, he gets my talents, he gets my ability, and he gets what I have. No arguing about it, no discussion about it. You're still here because God has a job for you. Some of y'all can remember when Gene and Bill Eels used to live on the corner. They had a little Jackie down in the basement. Any y'all remember what Jackie's expression was when we down those steps? You'd think she had won the lottery. Happy. Couldn't get out of that bed. Her little body all... That made... Made my day a lot of Sundays. Just get to see somebody so excited. First of all, for seeing somebody that somebody would care enough to come and visit her. And when we sang, her little face was light up, man. That's mission work. That's mission work. church with a stand, it will be a loving church where you can feel the love of Christ. I mean, and most of those teenagers that I'm talking about, they aren't even in church now. And I ask myself from time to time because I've got a a book, and I got the the best days of my ministry at Calvary Baptist Temple. Best days of my ministry as we moved out on Oakwood. Uh, Oakwood, I, yeah, I know where I'm at, really. You know, it's when the young people was participating in the service. That should be our mission. That should be our goal. But children are not going to get excited about church if their parents are not excited. We need to understand that. We need to realize that. A place where you can find Christ. Nobody can understand what excitement that I've got when we used to have the Thanksgiving dinners for the people in the nursing home and we bring them down. 
That's where I met this old gentleman up here at Esmond that was 101, 102. He was past 100. And I'd go up and talk to him, and we'd ride around Scythiana. And he said, I remember when that building was built. I remember this. I remember that. Over 100 years old, and he is still remembered. And he still wanted to talk about the Lord. I mean, the nursing home can be a mission field, people. It can be a mission field. And I'm telling you, I don't know how much liberty I will have. I don't, I don't know that. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell the family that. I'll tell the church that. I'm going to push that liberty. Who should be preaching down there? Your pastor. What church should go down there and, and bring joy to those people? Edmund Road Baptist Church. That must needed to be said because I didn't even have that in my notes. But Edmund Road Baptist Church should be a church with a purpose. God said in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When is the last time or have you ever talked to somebody in the hospital or nursing home or in their home on this station and they uh, uh, would answer this question? What difference did you see in your life when Jesus Christ came in? Ask yourself that, church. What if Jesus Christ wasn't in this building today? What if he wasn't in you? Would you tell any difference? God has given the New Testament church a commission to go into all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have the people nor the means to go into all the world, but what is our world? Our world is where you and I live. Over on the street that I live on, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine houses. You know how many go to church on Elderberry? Me. How many have you talked to? All of them. And since I talked to some of them, some of them, they all used to wave. They don't wave no more. But you know what will happen if God saves them? They'll start waving again. That's their problem, not mine. A church that cares about where you will spend eternity. John seventeen three said, And this is life eternal. 
that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The Bible teaches that you can know where you will spend eternity. I know, I don't think, I know if I was to die this afternoon, I would join my beautiful wife in glory. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I'm ready to die. Sometimes, listen to me, I'm ashamed to die. Let's be honest. Have you ever been ashamed to die? Most people say, oh, no, not me. You know, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I've never been. When's the last time you've been to church? Well, you know, I, I admit I'm not very faithful. I understand you play golf. He says, surely you wouldn't. Oh, yes, I would. You love God, but you play golf on Sunday? Some of you may be thinking, well, that's none of your business. Well, it is because God sent me. You don't need to go out inviting people to church if God hadn't sent you. But who did God send? He sent the church. He told the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is your world where you live? I thought that thing in my mind, believe me, the hardest visitation I've ever done in the last two or three years is going to every one of my neighbors. That's hard. Let's consider four things about salvation as we close. According to Romans 3, 23, if you're here and lost, you need to be saved. God said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that all includes you. You cannot save yourself. Ephesians 2.8 says very clearly, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. Amen. Number three. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe that verse, but I know who the world is. It's this elect world. It's the one that he chose. But I don't know who they are, Harold. I don't know who they are, so everybody I meet is a candidate for heaven. What I do know, if I tell them how to be saved and they accept it, God will save them. And lastly, according to Luke 6, 13, I tell you, nay, except ye, re, except ye shall all wise perish, unless what? Except, except you accept Jesus Christ. Except. You do it the way that God said it should be done. There's only one way to be saved. You know, being a Baptist won't save you. 
being faithful won't save you? Witnessing, giving, whatever we may, it won't save you. My doctor is concerned about my sugar and blood pressure. But I can live with bad sugar and bad blood pressure. Don't know how long a person lives, but, you know, I'm living. That's the only two things he's concerned about. But I'm not going to die till God says so. But don't I have a responsibility to take care of what don't belong to me? I don't like to borrow tools from nobody because I think I'm responsible to, to put that tool back in the condition I got it. This body belongs to the Lord. So I have responsibility to keep that body as healthy as I can do. I don't ask you to agree with what I'm going to say. This body belongs to God. He's put doctors into the world. And not all doctors are good doctors. I'll let you choose whether yours is or not. But that doctor's been trained to know what level this and this and this. And he'll say, this is what you ought to do. And I like my doctor because he's never said, do this or die. He said, you're going to die right on time. That tells me that he's had some Baptist teaching. If he's not, I don't know. What he's, you know. I asked him, I, are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? He just looked at me and grinned. So the thing that this old sinner thinks, you know, if you're saved, you want everybody to know about it. But, you know, I don't know. We got a lot of silent Christians, uh, Christians, don't we? But what won't fool anybody is how we live. How we live. Do we put Christ first? Hammond Road Baptist Church is, is a successful church. If we as a body are concerned how we live.